Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. Would you grab your Bibles tonight? If you would, go to the Old Testament. If you would, go to the book of Psalms. And just pick one. I'm kidding. (laughs) There's 150 to choose from. Would you go to Psalm 103? Cody, thank you so much for lingering, and thank our whole team, Sandra, Angela, praise God. Wow, we're so blessed. We are so blessed. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 103, I want to speak to you tonight about true authority to triumph over evil. True authority to triumph over evil. Now, I recognize that this, um, this message will have some bombs in it, and it's, pers- it's, uh, it's proper, <laughs> it's proper for it to bring revelatory breakthrough for our lives, and for it to undo the masquerading of religious teaching that has kept us bound. Are you with me tonight? Are you alive? Some of this may hit you tonight, and you're going to have to put your thinking cap on. It may hit your heart, and you go, whoa, whoa. I remember a, a, a mentor asked me one time, he said, Brian, do you, do you, know, do you know how long you should pray? How, how do you know when you've prayed long enough? <laughs> no, one, no one had asked me that question. How do you know when you've prayed long enough? And obviously this, this isn't the patent answer, but this particular answer, I never forgot. He said, you'll know when you've prayed long enough when you stop walking away from the hard sayings that Jesus is saying to you. Throughout Jesus' ministry, he, he, he would speak, and his disciples, his apostles, his, his team, his A-team, uh, would look at each other, and, and they would say, uh, did you get that? Did anybody get that? Does anybody know what he meant by that? Are you with me? There were times that they even pulled Jesus aside. There were times, you know, there were afterglow meetings. There was the meeting... And then there was the afterglow meetings when the the disciples pulled Jesus aside and said, hey, that was amazing. What did you mean? Uh, (laughs) That was incredible. The the, the crowd went wild. What the heck did that mean? Can you help me? Can you help me? Have you ever had that? And it sounds real grandiose and you're sitting here scratching your head like, wow, what does that mean? There were times, and see, I love how honest the Gospels are, that the, the relationship between Jesus and his 12, there was all this dialogue going on so that they could probe into Jesus what was really going on and what he was trying to communicate. And so tonight, let the Holy Spirit probe your heart. Amen? And receive tonight. Father, thank you so much for this night and for the power of your word And may your word be exceedingly great. And may it wash over us. 
and may it cover us and may it cause us to take flight and surge and soar. And Lord, may it dismantle religious lies and entanglements that have kept us bound in any area. And let the life-giving truth of your power set us free. Lord, let truth make us free tonight. In Jesus' name, I bless you. Amen. So here's a psalm. I know none of you have ever read this psalm before. <laughs> but you're going to love this one. It says, bless the Lord. This is David's psalm. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Can somebody say amen tonight? Come on, I need you with me tonight. I want you to talk to me tonight. All that is within me, bless his holy name. That, those words, all that is within me, captivated me today as I was just worshiping the Lord in private. That everything that is within Brian, I want it to declare, I bless the Lord. Everything. Bless the Lord of my soul and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Woo Come on. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and he's gracious and he's slow to anger and abounding in mercy. Isn't that beautiful? Don't you love that? He's abounding in mercy. This is the character of God. This is the nature of God I'm reading to us tonight. This is the very character. This is the very essence. This is the very nature of our God. He abounds in mercy. He's slow to anger. He'll not always strive with, with us nor keep his anger forever. For he has not dwelt with us according to our sins. Isn't that beautiful? Nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His mercy towards those who fear Him. As far, oh God, I love this. As far as the east is from the west, so far He has removed our transgressions from us. Do you feel that tonight? As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear Him. For he knows our frame, and he remembers that we are but dust. Let's go back to the top of this song. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Here we are. Forget not all his benefits. David is saying, forget not. You know how easy it is to forget? No, really. I mean, really, do you, know how, do you know how easy it is to let it slip and forget? And David is saying, do not forget. Do not forget. Go back in your history with God. Look into your history. Peer into your history. Take the time to get still and quiet 
and crack open that door and look and stare into the eyes of the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, the loving kindness of God, how he cherished you, how he chased after you, how he found you, how he romanced your heart, how he was faithful to you, how he provided for you, how he healed you, how he touched you, how he raised you. I'm going to preach to you tonight. He said, don't forget it. Don't forget it. Why? Because it's easy to do it. But call it to mind and remind yourself. Remind yourself how good God is to you. We used to sing this old hymn growing up in the church. Angela and I were talking about old hymns before church start, and it was count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done. Count your blessings. I feel so foolish right now. <laughs> Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God has done. Now, I know my mom is watching online tonight, so that was for you, Mom. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. He heals all your diseases. He heals, he heals all your diseases. He heals all your diseases. <laughs> We're going to go somewhere with that tonight. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 17 for just the next couple moments. Matthew 17. We're going to use several different portions of Scripture tonight, so I want you to move with me tonight. Would you do that? Just move with me. Say, I'll move with you, Brian. Come on. Thank you. I quoted this scripture earlier, but I want you to see this tonight. The Apostle Paul in the book of Acts, the book of Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. The, I said the Apostle Paul, I meant the Apostle Luke. The Apostle Luke wrote the book of Acts. And in verse 38 of chapter 10, he says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. Everybody see it? How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Now, I want you to see this tonight because what we just read in Psalms 103 is the very nature and the essence and the character of who God is really is. Now religion will tell you that God is different too, that, that God is, God is kind of like a yin and a yang. God, God could have darkness in him too. He, he likes to even use sickness and disease to put it on people to just bring him closer to him. We're going to go there tonight. God is only good, ladies and gentlemen. God is, God is only good. He, he cannot be something else than good. He cannot. He cannot be something else than good. He is completely and utterly good through and through. He is not partial this and partial that. He's not yin and yang. He is totally, completely holy and good. And He forgives all of our sins. And He heals all of our diseases. I want to take you into a story for the next few moments, and I'm going to take my time tonight. Can I do that? I want to take my time because I, I want to work this message, and I want to work the leaven of the kingdom into our spirit 
really good. It's like, it's like you know, little Mama Sita in the kitchen working the dough, working the dough, working the dough. I'm going to be in the kitchen tonight working the leaven of the kingdom. Are you with me tonight? Some of you are with me. Some of you, you, you really don't know. You're, you don't know yet. So I'm going to bring you into the story. Nevertheless, I'm taking you there tonight. And now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led him up to the high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. Wow. Jesus is turned inside out. The glory that is within him is turned out, turned inside out. The word that is used there is metamorphosis. Jesus has a metamorphosis, and what is inside is now unveiled, and the radiance and the glory that's within him is now being seen in full access. And it says his face shone like the sun. Wow. I would have liked to have been the disciple chosen to go up on that mountain that day. And his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking to him. And Peter answered and said, basically, that means, you know, you can see Jesus is talking with Moses and Elijah. And basically it was, and Peter interrupted. (laughs) And he answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it's, it's really good for us to be up here. And if you wish, we'll go ahead and make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. While he was Speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Wow. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces, and they were greatly afraid. But Jesus came, and he touched them, and he said, Arise, do not be afraid. And when they had lifted their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Now, as they came down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them. Watch this. Jesus commanded. Everybody see that? Jesus commanded them, tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. Wow. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why did the scribes say that Elijah must come first? Jesus answered and said to them, Indeed, Elijah is coming first and will restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah has come already. and They did not know him, but did to him whatever they wished. Likewise, the Son of Man is about to suffer at their hands. And then the disciples understood that he was speaking to them about John the Baptist. You know, for just a second, I want to look at verse 9 for just a second. I do not want to just kind of hop over this too quickly. They're coming down the mountain, and Jesus commands them, and he says, tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. Uh, You may want to take some notes on this. This is a sure test, and the sure test will come to everyone. There is a sure test in your life how you will handle the holy. There is a sure test in your life how you will handle the holy things of God. You cannot handle the holy things of God 
casual or cavalier. Are you okay? I remember the first church that my wife and I pastored. We, we had a, a, a young couple in our church, and we had this, this girl, was, she was unusual. She was just different. And uh, she, would, she was telling people in our church, she was going to home fellowships with ladies and sharing with all the ladies that she was being taken to heaven. And she was having all these throne zone experiences with God. And I didn't believe it. I never felt the Lord. I never felt the anointing on it. Any time that she talked about it, I never felt God on it. And I just looked at her. Never believed a word of it. And so she went on and she went on. And I was like, Lord, I don't believe this. And how do I deal with this? How do I bring a correction to this? And not long after that, her husband called. And he said, I need to have a meeting with you. And so we met in private. And he told me that his wife was abusing their infant child. And so, based on that, I called a meeting. I called a meeting with them. I sat her down and I said, listen, this is what is happening. It was a horrible thing. She denied it. Her husband was caught in the crossfires because of what he had made known. It was a horrible thing. So that day they left the church she went out and began to tell everyone, Pastor Brian's a devil. <clears throat> and unfortunately, what her husband told me was very true. What am I getting at? I'm getting at you cannot treat the holy things of God casual. You cannot treat the holy things of God cavalier. I, I get nervous when I hear people talking about the holy things of God, and they're just kind of all over the map, you know, and just, just you know, all this fluffy popcorn stuff. I'm, I, and, I, and I just question at times, wow. And, you know, I, unfortunately, we, we live in a culture where there, there, is, um, <laughs> there is a big market for people to write books about all the things that they think they're experiencing in heavenly places. And there's a big market for people that will just, they'll, they'll buy that stuff up all, all over. I, I, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus was a big buzzkill that day. <laughs> I mean, Jesus was a, a, a really big wet blanket, Aaron, because those men had a cataclysmic experience with the holiness of God. Jesus is turned inside out. His face is glowing, shining like the sun. Moses manifests from out of heaven. Elijah manifests from out of heaven. Uh, yeah, listen, that's camp meeting, okay? <laughs> I mean, that's not Reinhard Bonnke, Bill Johnson, and you fill in the blank. No, that's Jesus, Moses, and Elijah manifesting. And they're coming down the mountain. Their brains are just, I mean, their minds are blown. And Jesus says, make sure you tell nobody about this vision until the appointed time. And my point is this, is that you have to handle the holy things of God properly with honor and reverence because they're holy. Are you with me tonight? Are you with me tonight? Okay. Okay, some of you are with me. Some of you, you're not sure. And when they came down to the multitude, a man came 
kneeling down to Jesus. Are you there? Verse 15. And he said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He is an epileptic and he suffers severely. He often falls into the fire, often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples so they could cure him. And then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Now, man, what's the matter with Jesus? Why does Jesus have an attitude? I mean, I mean, really? Did you see what I just read? See, you're all okay because Jesus said it. You're, you're all okay because it's red letters. Jesus walked down and just rebuked them. Wow. And then Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus. Here it is. You ready? The disciples came to Jesus privately. <laughs> the meeting after the meeting. Uh, can we, Lord, can we talk? Can, 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 we're trying to figure it out. I mean, can we talk privately? Why can we not cast it out? And then Jesus said to them, watch this answer, because of your unbelief. I just want to let that settle for a moment before we read anything else. Because of your unbelief. That's a strong answer. Y'all with me tonight? Oh, some of you are starting to warm up. Because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Don't miss verse 21. If you're reading the, the, the nearly inspired version, the NIV, there, there is no verse 21. I'm sorry about that. but So anyway, I'm reading out of the New King James right now. Verse 21 says this. says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. I'm going to get back to that. Let's just let that set right there. Go over to Mark chapter 9, and we're in the same story. And I want to give you just some added bonuses that the apostle Mark throws into the story for us to learn. And verse 14, are you there? Are you there? And when he came down to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them. And watch this. And scribes disputing with them. Who's them? It's the disciples. Notice that the scribes are there disputing with the disciples. Now, that's, that's big because those, those scribes are they're releasing an aroma. They're releasing something within these disciples. It's called doubt and unbelief. Are you with me? Okay, immediately when he saw all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, they greeted him. Now remember, they're just coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration. Are you, that's why I set this up reading the whole chapter of Matthew 17. Peter, James, and John have had the ultimate encounter, the ultimate camp meeting. They're not allowed to tell a single soul. Now they're coming down the mountain to meet the other nine apostles. Jesus is coming down the mountain with Peter, James, and John. They meet the other nine. The other nine are in a quandary. The scribes are there. And Jesus' first question is, is, hey, what are you discussing with them? What are you discussing with them? 
One in the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought to you my son who has a mute spirit, and wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth. He gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. And so I spoke with your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And he answered to them, and he said, <laughs> O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Wow. That's strong. That's not Joel Osteen. <laughs> Bring the boy here. Come on now, y'all. Get along. You scribes, you Pharisees, just get on along with my apostles. Sorry. Sorry. Are you still with me? <laughs> Jesus is strong. Jesus is strong. I mean, he's... Don't you allow religious spirits to take the strength out of who Jesus really is. There's such a strength and a power and a boldness about Jesus. I'm telling you, we need reintroduced to who Jesus really is. We need reintroduced to who Jesus really is. And I, I tell you, I, and many of you have read it, and many others outside of here have read it, out of bold as lions. But see, we have known Jesus, the Lamb. But we need to be introduced to Jesus, the victorious lion. Now, can you hear the lion? What are you discussing with them? What are you doing? You see that? Jesus, alpha male, taken over. You see this? Dominance. You see that? You see what I just read? What are you talking to them about? What are you doing? You see Jesus' strength? I love it. Oh, faithless generation, how long do I have to be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And then they brought him to him. And when they saw him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. He fell to the ground. He wallowed. He was foaming at the mouth. And so Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening? He said, from childhood. And often he throws him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help I want you to see this. If, if you could do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said, if, <laughs> if you can believe. Notice Jesus just said, don't put that on me. If I can do anything, I'm putting it on you. If you can believe, then all things are possible to him that believes. Are you hearing me tonight? Then all things are possible to him that believes. That's the good news right there. See, signs and, signs and wonders follow those who believe. They do not follow those who live in doubt and unbelief. I want to say to you tonight that there is a difference between doubt and unbelief. Doubt 
is waffling between two opinions. You don't know. You're unsure. You're still getting educated. You're just unsure. That's what doubt is. We all go through that. But there is something that is very, very different, and that is unbelief. Unbelief, hear this tonight, is choosing not to believe. Whoa. And that is very dangerous. Do you know, in the city of Nazareth, Many of you who went to Israel with us will remember we went up on the mountain where they took Jesus out of the synagogue and rushed him up to that high pinnacle there at the mountain where we looked over Megiddo, the valley of Armageddon, and we looked across and you could see the city of Nain where Jesus rose that little boy out of the coffin uh, for for that widow woman. We were up on that mountain, but if you turn and you look at the city of Nazareth, in the city of Nazareth it says Jesus could do hardly any major miracles. You know why? Because of their unbelief. That, that is a, that's a spectacular, spectacular insight about ministry. That even Jesus' ministry, hear this, even Jesus' ministry, he would go into cities and there were times where he could barely do anything because of of the limitation of where people's hearts was at, they could not believe. Well, that's scary. I'm here to tell you today that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is healer. He is savior. He is deliverer. He is redeemer. He is restorer. That's who he is. I remember soon after, man, I was 20 years old, and I had just come off the road with Rodney Howard Brown of serving him and being his assistant. And I came off the road to move and leave Florida and and move to Columbus, Ohio, and I arrived at 3.30 in the morning. I was up at 7 a.m. I found a job in the paper, and by 9.30 in the morning, I had a job at Eddie Bauer Warehouse. That's the truth. And so I was unloading and loading trucks, and I was working. And I was ecstatic. My world was completely different. I went from two meetings a day, six days a week with Rodney, traveling everywhere to going to court my lovely bride. I made the right decision. (laughs) And so there I was. And I leave leave from Rodney. And now I'm, I'm working in this warehouse. And I had been there maybe three months, two, two, three months. And this girl... She had come up, she was, we were coming into our break area, and she was walking up a ramp, and I, I was inside the eating cafeteria area, and she had sprained her ankle terribly, just turned it on the concrete where it was uneven, and she was laying on the ground just crying, screaming out. Everyone had surrounded her, and I was coming out of the break room. I saw this group of 30, 40 people gathered around in the warehouse, and I was cutting through, and I saw her ankle, and it was just, it was massive, and she was in a horrible pain, and I just, in a moment, it wasn't premeditated, I just walked up, I put my hands on them, and I began, on her ankle, and I began to pray, a prayer, I don't even remember what I prayed, something, I I know it had this in it, in Jesus' name. I mean, what are the odds? I mean, can you believe this, Sandra? In Jesus' name. (laughs) And underneath my hands, her ankle went, and all the pain in a moment, all the pain, boom, it was gone. 
Just like that. To God be the glory. And everybody standing around just stunned. She was stunned. And I got up, and I didn't know what to do, so I just, I just went on back to where I was loading trucks. But, you know, people see something like that, they'll come seek you out. They'll come find you. <laughs> so, so they knew my address where I was loading and unloading trucks. And this guy came and found me a couple days later who was in the crowd that day and saw the Lord heal this girl. And it was beautiful. It was powerful. From that day forward, it opened up all kinds of doors where I prayed with people to receive the Lord right there on the docks, leading people to the Lord, seeing healings. It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> so this guy came and found me. He says, listen, uh, I saw what you did, and I really need your help. He said, I've, I've, I'm, I'm in this new marriage with this girl, and... She brought, you know, she, she had a kid, and, you know, we were newly wed, and this kid is full of the devil. And he, he takes every cat we've ever had and puts it in the microwave. He finds animals. He's taken the, the hamsters. He's put them in the microwave. He just blows them up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm responding like you. I'm like, what? <laughs> and he said, I want you to come to my house and deal with it. <laughs> Happy Thursday. <laughs> hey, I want you to come to my house, Sky, and deal with it. And I said, really? He goes, yeah, I'm serious. I want, I want you to help me. I need your help. I need your help. And I said, okay, I'll come to your house. I came, that little boy was five years old. Man, that boy was loaded with devils. And I remember going through that whole scenario in that living room to start engaging and waiting for the time to really engage the devil. I was trying to engage the boy, the precious little boy that was hindered, tormented, vexed. And while I was talking, that little boy walked over. Brendan, you'll remember this. That, that little boy took two fingers, Mike. He came right up to me, and he, he came after me, and he scraped my hand. My hand did not heal for one year. Isn't that the truth, honey? One year. You know, you know that things heal quick. You get scraped. You get scarred. It bleeds. For one year, that didn't heal because I wasn't scraped by a child. I was scraped by a demon. Finally, it did heal. Praise God. That was a long time ago. For one year, that scar, that that scab, it just would not go right. It would not fix. But by the mercies of Jesus, I was able to drive out those spirits from that child. Jesus Christ is, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The story is, is it, it, the story needs to take us somewhere tonight. Because thank God that Jesus was still there. <laughs> right? I mean, thank God. I mean, I mean, can you imagine being the other? Can you imagine being Andrew at the base of the mountain? And he's in this argument with the scribes and Pharisees. And he sees Jesus. He's like, oh. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. 
I mean, can you imagine how perplexed these guys were? And they had to have everything going through their own minds because we know chronologically in Scripture they had already been casting out demon spirits. So why was this time different? Have you asked the question? Have you thought about it? Why was this different? And you know that's what they were thinking. They had been sent out two by two. They were going to cities and villages and towns. They were preaching the power of the kingdom. They themselves were casting out devils. Are you still with me? How many of you remember one day, it tells us in the Gospels, they came back to Jesus and and they were just rip-roaring, celebrating about them driving out demons. And Jesus' response to them was what? He whipped around. He said, hey, boys, boys, come here. I want to remind you about what's really important. Don't rejoice that those demons are subject to you, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven. See, they had been going through towns and villages, driving out demons. Why was this time different? Think about it. So Jesus engages the demon. And you know that they were thinking, thank God he finally came down from the mountain. He drives the demon out. It's a powerful, beautiful story. And it goes on. I don't want to miss this tonight. Verse 20, we're still in Mark 9. Are you there? They brought him to him. And as soon as the demon saw him, he, he began to convulse. He fell to the ground. He wallowed. There was foaming at the mouth. He asked his father, how long has this been happening? It's been happening since childhood. Now we go down. Jesus says, if, if, if you can believe, then all things are possible. Immediately, the father of the child, he cries out with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw the people coming and running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter into him no more. The spirit cried out, it convulsed, and it came out of him. And he became as one that was dead, and so that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he rose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And then Jesus said, this kind, I prayer, I'm going to read it again because my mic went somewhere. He said, this kind does not come out except by prayer and by fasting. I'm back in Matthew 17. Let's go there quickly. I want to ask you a question tonight. What would the disciples have done if Jesus wouldn't have showed up? That's the question. Ready? What would they have done if Jesus wouldn't have showed up? What does the church do when Jesus doesn't show up? (laughs) What does the church do when Jesus doesn't show up? I submit to you, I submit to you that it is always God's will to forgive sin. Can you imagine if Sky Critchfield came to me and said, you know, Pastor Brian, 
Brian, dude, yo, calls me up. I was in prayer, and man, I've been dealing with the sin in my life. And you know what? I just, I heard from the Lord. You know what he told me? He said, Sky, I'm not, I'm not going to forgive that sin. Could you imagine that? I, I heard the Lord. He told me, hey, I love you. I've forgiven you of a lot of sins, but I'm not going to forgive you of this one. Could you imagine Sky telling me that? I would say, hey, Sky, you didn't hear from the Lord. <laughs> Are you all breathing? You all with me? I would say, hey, you didn't hear from the Lord. Because the Lord, ha-ha, he excels exceedingly, exceedingly abundantly in forgiving sins. Are you with me? It was, it was for this purpose that Jesus was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Hear this tonight. I submit to you, not only is it God's will to forgive every sin, it is God's will to heal every disease. And it is always, always God's will to heal you. David, David was preaching to us earlier, and he said, forget not his benefits. Don't forget this because it's vitally important. You can't forget this one. Our God is the one. The reason we should be blessing him is because he's the one who forgives us of every sin we've ever committed. He actually takes our sin and he removes it as far as it is from the east to the west and he remembers it no more. And don't forget this one. He's the God who heals all of our diseases. And this Jesus, the same Jesus, see, he was anointed with the, with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all that were afflicted and tormented by the devil. It is always God's will to heal. How would you like me, the next time you need prayer, to show up and say... Mm. I just don't know if it's God's will to heal you. I just don't know if it's God's will to heal you. You don't want me praying for you then. I mean, if I called for the elders of the church, okay, and they show up, and they're like, hey, uh, Brian, I don't know if it's God's will to heal you. I'd say, put the oil away, put your hands in your pockets, hit the doors. Don't be praying for me. Because if you don't know what God's will is, you don't know how to pray. But we do know what God's will is, so we do know how to pray. Are you with me? What if Jesus would not have shown up? I'll tell you kind of what could have happened. At that, at that point, <laughs> Andrew, Andrew would have just like snagged on on Peter's robe and said, look, dude, you just came down from that mountain. Just say something. Say something, please. You're good at talking. You, Peter, you got this. This is your platform. It's your time. Peter, say something. 
Peter stands up. Ha! Wow. Maybe he says, you know, it, you know, this man, his son's going through a lot of trouble. I, I don't get it, but perhaps it's not God's will to always heal everyone. I mean, Peter could have tried that one on, couldn't he? Because the church tries that one on all the time. Y'all smiling. Y'all okay. <laughs> what, if, what if Peter would have gotten up and said something like this? You know, man, that, that, that man and his son are going through a hard time. They're, they're going through a difficult time in their life. But you know what? God gave that sickness to that boy to teach that boy and that family another level of the grace of God. And God's grace will be sufficient to them because that's what God does. See, at times God, God will give sickness and disease to people. Are, are, you, are you with me? Because I'm about, I'm about ready to give an altar call and those of you that want to receive sickness tonight, I'm, I'm going to give a call in about 10 minutes, and I'm going to open the altars for everyone tonight who wants the Lord to give you a sickness and a disease, to teach you His ways and teach you His humility, and so that you can come in to the graciousness and the goodness and the kindness of, of a good God. We're so confused. We're so confused. And this is what made Jesus roar, roar like a lion. What are you doing? What are you saying to them? Get away from them. Keep your mouth off of them. Why? Because those Pharisees, those scribes, they were stirring doubt and unbelief. And when unbelief takes hold and takes root, nothing can move. Nothing. That's why unbelief is so dangerous in our lives. It's dangerous. God is gracious, so gracious when we're in the realm of doubt. And we're in the quandary of trying to get understanding. But when we close our hearts and refuse not to believe, we're in a dangerous place. Are you with me? Can you imagine, let's just try this one on for size. I'm about done. Y'all okay? What, what, if, what if Peter would have said, now, now listen, you can't take that time back when Jesus was here with us, when all the healings and miracles were happening, and apply it to this time now. Because that time was for then. That was that time. That was the, that, that was the apostolic age. That was that apostolic age, and see, that, that time is actually over, but God's, he's not healing anymore. He just wrote a good book. He, he put out a best hits album, so to speak, and, and, he's, and, and he's not really playing the songs anymore. Are you with me? You can't take that time back then and apply it to now. Wow. Wow. But Jesus was there. And I want you to look this way. If you've ever doubted, if you've ever doubted 
like all of us have, the goodness of God, like all of us have. If you've ever doubted the goodness of God, if you've ever been in a place, in a pickle, where you just don't know, see, all you have to do to know what the Father looks like is look at Jesus. Because Jesus answers every inquiry we have about the heart and the mind and the goodness of a good father. See, Jesus proved over and over the will of God. He went about doing good, right? He went about doing good and delivering all of those who were vexed, healing all of those, healing all who were vexed and tormented by the devil. It was always God's will to heal. You never see Jesus giving sickness to people. You see him rebuking them for their unbelief. Now, this is a strong message tonight. Because we live in 2019 where people desperately need miracles and they need healing. But what I want to do away with is the idiotic doctrines of demons that come out of the church telling people that God is not their healer. Because he is our healer. He is our healer. He's your healer. He's my healer. He's your healer. But what happens is, every one of us have had this happen. We are in the midst of a contradiction. We are in the midst of a contradiction in our lives and a situation that has showed us something the opposite of what God's promise and word really is. Satan comes immediately to steal the word that was sown. Why does he come? Because you're so amazing? No, he's trying to steal the incorruptible word from you because he knows the power in it. He, Satan comes immediately to steal that word that was sown. You're in the midst of a contradiction. You're in the midst of the trial. Someone passed away that you loved. Guess what? I'm standing here, and there are so many people that passed that I deeply loved. So what do I do? Do I change my theology? Do I change the character and the nature of a good God to bring him down to my level of understanding? Or do I believe and let the word of God be my final authority? Jesus is like, if, if, if I can do anything, it's if you can believe. Now, you got to be careful with this because people will get mightily religious on you. And they'll turn this sucker on you faster than you can blink. Well, if you would have had faith, that would have happened. <laughs> How many have been beat up with that one? Sure. And look at all those hands. I'm telling you tonight, the good news is this. It is always God's will to heal you. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I know religious peddlers are selling it. He just needed another angel in heaven. No, he didn't. Stop it. Stop it. No, that, that person needed their dad. That person needed their mom. That person needed their spouse. That person needed their grandfather. Are you hearing me tonight? 
We need to stop saying stupid stuff. You know, God forgives us for being stupid. You know, God forgives sins, but he also forgives us for being stupid. <laughs> Go ahead and tweet that. That's a powerful word. That's so... <laughs> In the Greek, that means... And in the Hebrew, see, Jesus was always dealing with that, wasn't he? They pulled him aside, and he answered the question. You ready? Because of your unbelief. Now, here it is. We're not done. I need just a few more minutes. Are you still with me? Why couldn't we cast it out? It's because of your unbelief. Because if you would say to this mountain, be removed, cast into the sea, it would move for you. However, this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. I know, I know, I know, I know religiously we have been told all these years that this kind of demon spirit can only come out except by prayer and fasting. It's not what Jesus was saying. It's not what Jesus was saying at all. You know that those, those disciples were not fasting? Do you, are, you, are you tracking with me? They weren't fasting. John's disciples came, remember? So why aren't they fasting? Jesus said because the bridegroom with, is with them. Time's going to come where the bridegroom's going to be taken away from them. And then that time will come and they will fast. So the answer was not fasting to get power over demons. Let the Bible answer the Bible. I'm going to say it again. Let the Bible answer the Bible. Let the Bible tell you the truth. Let the Bible tell you the truth. It wasn't praying so they could remove this type of demon spirit. I want to help this church tonight. You can remove any demon spirit whether you've been fasting or not. You know why? Because you have authority over it. This is not religious teaching. This is the word of God. You have authority over the devil. And if you didn't, then why did Jesus die on the cross and rise from the dead and said all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth? And he gave you his authority. You can exercise authority over the devil anytime you wish. You don't have to run out and go on a fast for three days from crackers to get, get one over on a devil. What you do have to fast and pray for is so that unbelief doesn't come into the realm of your life so that you cannot remove things from your life. This kind of unbelief does not come out of the church except by prayer and fasting. This kind of unbelief does not come out of the church except by prayer and fasting. We have blown the devil up so much. I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like Ghostbusters. It's like we've blown him up as big as the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. How many remember that? We just blow him up, blow him up, blow him up. And he's bigger than life. He's bigger than cities. He's bigger than continents. And the day's going to come. We're going to marvel and scoff. The scripture says we're going to look at one another and just, we're going to be beside ourselves, Jerry. And we will say, is this the one? Is this the one that vexed and made the nations tremble? 
And I, and I know I'm preaching strong. I could be preaching like Joel tonight. Come on, you scribes and disciples, just get along. I know I'm preaching strong. I'm not mad at anybody. I am mad at dead religion stealing the life of God from the church. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. This kind of unbelief. Listen. Listen. The enemy. The enemy festers and has a place to land and traffic in your life when you hit a realm of unbelief. He'll land there. He'll stay there. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. He'll stay on a church. Defecate all over him. Create a realm of unbelief. That's, that's why we have buildings all over that are massive and barely full. It's unbelief. 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 You go over to Africa, blind eyes are open. Mutes are talking. People jumping out of wheelchairs. You come to America. What's the problem? I mean, we got the best preachers, so to speak, right? We, 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 oh, we've got the best. I remember Brent and I sitting in a restaurant in Dallas, Texas. This big old... Everybody, everybody knows his name. Prophet told me, hey, don't you move to Dallas unless you're one of the best. Dallas only gets the best. Ha <laughs> ha, glory. Don't you move to this state, son. Be here in Dallas unless you're the best. I said, I got a word for you. I'm not the best. How do you like those apples? <laughs> the best. So, okay, so we got the best preachers, but what's the problem? It's because we don't believe. See, and, and as, long as, as long as you believe, as long as you keep believing that it's the devils, there, see, there, see, there's a certain type of dimension and a level of devil that you can't deal with unless you pray and fast. Let me tell you where that got us. That got us up in helicopters in the 80s, taking a hold of principalities and powers, and the church dressing, and the church dressing up in camouflage, doing spiritual warfare. You think I'm playing a joke on you? It's the truth, I know. You're just your brain went on tilt. Some of you are getting an education right now. Some of you online are getting ed education. Do you know in the 80s, we had, in, in Dallas, Texas, the majority of the prayer movement was dressing up in camouflage, renting helicopters and going up over the city of Dallas to take a, a, a hold over the principalities and powers and rulers. I'm telling you, most of what we think is spiritual warfare is nothing but a bunch of garbage. And it has the church wasting its time. Wasting its time. Wasting its time. Prayer and fasting removes unbelief. I know, this, I know this message is hitting at the core of people. Because it hits at the core of me too. 
I'm glad Jesus was there. And I'm glad that he set that man's son free. Jesus can not only set a boy free, he can set a city free. He can set a nation free. Jesus can set America free. He can. He can. He can. He can. You show me one time where Jesus was up in the mountain dealing with principalities and powers. Show me one. Never did it. He never did it. He walked in perfect union with his father. He, he worshipped him. He was the perfect altar of incense of ever-burning worship day and night, night and day. Had a reservoir of intimacy so that when he came into conflict with the devil, he was able to say, go. He did not, look this way, he did not do that as God. He did it as a man. He did not do that as God. He did it as a man. Because he laid aside his deity. He humbled himself, taking on the form of a man. He was the son of man. He didn't do that as God. If he did it as God, that's not a contest. It's not a contest. God and the devil, it's not a contest. He did it as a man, fully surrendered to God. Why did he do it? To show us what it looked like to be a man, fully surrendered unto God who walked in true authority and moved in no unbelief. He, wor- he walked in perfect faith. He walked in perfect faith and in perfect fellowship with his father that he could say, deaf and dumb spirit, come out of him now. Never enter him again. Go. Is this, is this burning tonight? Is this helping you? Come on, is this helping us tonight? I'm going to close on this, and, and I, 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 I didn't, I'm going to go for the juggler tonight, okay? Can I have a couple more minutes? The devil would like nothing more than to wear us out. He's wore me out before. He's wore me out before. Some of you don't want to admit it. Maybe he wore you out too. He's wore me out before. He won some battles. He won't win my war. But the, the devil would like nothing more than to wear you out. Let me tell you how he could wear us out very easily. He's getting us to become so devil conscious. To get us to become so devil conscious that we're trying to find another revelation to break through a region. And now it's this spirit. Oh, man, I'm sorry. We, we had it wrong. Let's flip another coin. Now it's this spirit. And, and, and now it's this spirit. And now it's this spirit. I, I, I got to tell you, I'm worn out with that. And now it's this spirit. And that, wait, why don't we focus on the Holy Spirit? <laughs> the Holy Spirit, who is the only God that is in the earth right now. The only God in the earth right now is the Holy Spirit. And we're not getting the job done? Are you telling me it's because of all these territorial principality devils? Uh, 
flush that one down the toilet. I'm telling you, it's because the church does not believe. That's great. Five people can clap. And I'm still coming for you. And I'm preaching like there's 10,000 people here. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the spiritual realm is on high alert. And they listen when the sword of truth begins to penetrate the atmosphere. And they hear when an apostolic word is being released. They know when true authority that is backed by this word is being released. They know. They know. They know when someone believes this word. And Jesus knew when people believed him, stuff happened. When they believed Jesus, stuff happened. And when they didn't, it didn't happen. Now, we have a lot of variables to wrestle with. Well, why didn't she get healed? I don't know. And I've said that a lot as a minister. You know, I've said that a lot. When I don't know, I don't lie to people. I miss Dennis. I look at you, I see Dennis. You miss Dennis. I miss Dennis. I look in your eyes. I see Dennis. He, the Lord didn't need him up there. <laughs> Even though he's dancing all, all over. The Lord didn't need him. No. Too many, too many people have been cut down short. I had a vision last year. I had a vision last year of Kim Clement's combat boots sitting on the Mount of Olives facing Jerusalem. And you know, the earth needs its champions. The earth needs its champions. I'm talking about Prophet Kim Clement. Too many of our warriors, too many of our champions have gone home far too early. I think I could preach another hour. I don't think you could take it. But I want to say this. I want to be a tribe. I want to be a community of people, a company, a tribe who is moving in the power of the Spirit. And we don't give room to the devil. We don't give room to the devil. But we give so much room to the glory and the wonder and the power of Almighty God who heals every disease who forgives every sin and has no problem dealing with any level of demon spirit. Whether he's some stick peewee Herman devil or he's some fallen archangel. Colossians 2.15, you know what it says? You know what it says. I'll help you. It says that when Jesus ascended, that he stripped the enemy into heavenly places. It says when he ascended, when he was going to his father, remember this, look this way. 
He said, Mary, don't touch me. Don't touch me. I've not yet ascended to my father and your father. The high priest had to ascend and go into the holy of holies. But he also had to deal with the enemy in the heavenly realms. And in Colossians 2.15, it says that Jesus stripped them of all their authority and power. He made an open spectacle. Jesus made an open spectacle in those high and heavenly places of those, what are they? Principalities, powers, rulers, thrones. Jesus stripped them openly. Jesus dismantled principalities, powers, rulers, thrones. Took their authority. The only reason that they're having power now is because the church gave it to them. And doctrines of demons gave it back to them. Because whatever you believe, you empower. Wow is right. So I say, let's believe. Somebody gets sick in this family, we know the will of God. Somebody gets sick in this family, we know what the will of God is. We're not confused. We're not confused. We know what the will of God is. God's will is to heal her. God's will is to heal him. God's will is to forgive them, to raise them up. And the prayer of faith shall rise them up. And the prayer of faith shall rise them up. Let's stand. Let's stand. I feel, like I, I feel like I want to do this one more time. As our worship team was leading, we began to put an emphasis upon divine healing. But I feel like I want to do this now. Cody, I want you to stay with your wife. Thank you for, thank you for being sensitive. <laughs> but I want to do this just, just no, no background music, no fluff, no nothing. Okay? Let's put our hands out, and let's receive the forgiveness of sin, and let's receive the healing of all of our diseases. Let's receive it right now. Let's receive it right now. Lord, thank you. Thank you. It's the power of your blood that delivers us. It's the power of your love that delivers us and frees us, Lord. So, Lord, we thank you for the forgiveness of every sin, for every offense we've ever done, for every failure, for every failure, for every sin, for every backsliding, for anything in our heart that grieved you, you forgive. We receive by the grace of God through faith. Now tonight, Lord, because no one took your life from you, you laid your life down freely. No one took your life, Jesus. You said, 
You have the power to lay down your life and the power to take it up again. This is the command you received from your father. Lord, you you went to the whipping post willingly. You went to the cross willingly. Lord, because your body was broken and your blood was poured out, you gave us an inheritance of divine health and healing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We receive it, Lord. We remember. We remember. You heal all of our diseases. Make it your proclamation tonight. You heal all my diseases, Lord. You heal all my diseases. You heal all my diseases. Receive it tonight. Receive it tonight in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Loose your creative wonders, Lord. Your creative wonders. Your creative wonders. Healing power flow. Thanks for going the distance with me tonight, okay? Thanks for going the distance with me tonight. Thanks for letting me preach as bold as a lion to you tonight. I want to tell you why this is so important. We're called to triumph over the works of the devil. We're called to triumph over the works of the devil. We are a tribe where people will be saved. We are a tribe where people will be healed and delivered. Amen. Amen. I love you. I love you. Y'all know that? I love you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.